For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. <sighs> Welcome to another episode of a show called Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. This show is brought to you by the Believe Network. Every topic, every team, everywhere. Hashtag, do you believe? I'm your host, Max, along with your other host, Shreys. <sighs> and we're going to talk about sports. Amateur hour. All right, welcome, welcome, welcome back to episode 88, Act und Aktig. Uh, welcome back, everybody. Thank you for joining us and being a part of uh, the amateur hour journey and all the sports that we're going to talk about today. We've got some highs, we've got some lows, we've got some Pats bad, Cowboys good, uh, and more to talk about today. <laughs> uh, we have a, a very sad World Cup loss for uh, the great USA, and all of that we're going to be talking about in just a few moments. But Shrey, let's get the good vibes rolling and kick things off with the weekly highs. The weekly highs. Max, I'm going to start with my sports high this week. I feel like kind of switching it up a little bit. There is a rookie by the name of Andrew Nemhart in the Indiana Pacers. He's a shooting guard. He's um, a second-round pick. And he is proving why it seems like Indiana's draft haul this year, their draft picks this year, are blowing out every other draft class, I guess, team draft class in the last draft, the 2022 draft. Matherin and, and Nemhard are just taking advantage of their opportunities. And Nemhard just yesterday, he scored 31. He had 13 assists and he had eight rebounds too. It was a near triple double. And they beat the Warriors who played Steph, who played Clay, who played Draymond. And they didn't have Tyrese Halliburton. Miles Turner or TJ McConnell, who's their who's the backup, normal backup uh point guard. Yeah. And so he's taking advantage of the opportunity. It was just an unbelievable performance. And to beat one of the best teams in the NBA. And you're like the Pacers are, you know, they're in the standings. They're in Yeah. They're kind of up there. It's I know well, it's I know it's a little I know it's a little fakeish. I know it might it might not last, but it's just a testament to uh, how hard those players are playing and especially yeah. their depth, right? They're able to squeak out these wins, even get some big ones too, against some teams that would normally beat them on any given day. It's players who want to play and players who want to be there. And uh, sure. I agree with you. That was a monster performance. Uh, it was, I, I watched the highlights from that and that was super. I mean, he was almost playing 2k. Like when he got yeah. stuck <laughs> scoring wise, he literally would just like toss it up or toss a great pass. I mean, that was super. Yeah. So him and Matherin, just like far and away, that's just like Indiana just struck gold on both on both picks right there. Yeah, it's huge. That's a uh, next dynamic duo right there. Next dynamic duo. So I'll move on to my personal high. My personal high was, you know, I was just checking the mail the other day 
and I get something that looks like it's from like the state government, and I was like, ugh. Is this like tax funds? A bill? Like, is it, yeah, is it a bill? Like, is it, like, what's going up? Like, like, are they already sending tax funds? Like, whatever. And lo and behold, it was a tax refund. It was that they had an excess of money paid out, so they are forced to give back uh, a refund to taxpayers. And so I was, I got an extra like two hundred and fifty bucks, which is like, oh, whoa, what? Two fifty. Yeah, I was like, oh, I was like, hey, Whoa. I'll take a little, I'll take a little two fifty. I wasn't expecting it, so that's a, that was a nice little like, uh, cheer, cheer me up type of type of moment uh, this week that I wasn't really expecting. Hey. Yeah, better than a bill, I'll say that. <laughs> no, it's the reverse bill. Government, you send bill to government. government yeah, yeah, you. that's a, that's say, a monopoly. Stop. This is the excess tax fee here. Yeah, don't pay me this. It's the nice. mono- it's a monopoly card. I, I just got a uh, chance card. <laughs> you just got a literally. You just you just got a chance card. You just went to go. You got your <laughs> bank, bank errors in your favor. They give you a hundred dollars. <laughs> uh, you know nobody likes monopoly, and this is a little off topic. But I saw that somebody uh, pointed a gun at his family over a monopoly game. And I am notorious among my friend wow. groups for being a really, really poor Monopoly player. I'm uh, really bad, too. I love it, because, but I'm really bad. Well, here's the thing is I like to hold up the integrity of the game. And if you're listening <laughs> to this podcast and you're one of the people who I've played with and you know that you've cheated because, uh, oh, you just don't know the rule book, uh, <laughs> I don't want to hear it. Literally, people forced – no, I'm not even going to get into it. So anyway, <laughs> you can see what Monopoly does to people. So, Trey, I'm glad that you won this round. Oh, I, well, yeah, yeah. Real life Monopoly. I'm, uh, I have a, I have a slight edge, but I know come tax season, it's going to come way down. So, uh, you know, it always evens out. Oh yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, folks, uh, I'm gonna, I'm going to bring things down and I'm going to bring us to the lows, <laughs> the lows, not home Depot, the weekly lows. Uh, my sports low this week is, uh, the USA. And while we made it to the round of 16, and last week we celebrated the amazing achievement for the American football team, uh, the game against the Netherlands, dude, I don't know. Trey, did you watch that at all? Yeah, I, I watched a little bit, but I ended up having to watch it on highlights. I was keeping it, up with the score for most of it, and I was like, dang, we're already uh, down 2 nothing." So I, I just uh, I oh, kind of sure, knew. Yeah. Yeah, so I went into so I went into work. I opened up um opened up the bar early, you know, because we were having an event for people to come watch it. One, yeah. nobody showed up. Nobody wow. was there. Is it was literally te- two people. Is, is that a testament to US soccer? I don't know. <laughs> uh but the game just we did not look good. So I watched the Argentina game, um, the Argentina Australia game post that. Two mm. totally different games. Netherlands defense yeah. was really, really solid. USA just couldn't get anything going. I mean the U.S. defense was was not good. No, no U.S. defense. It oh my gosh, the goalie circles. So yeah. Oh my gosh, I literally saw him like stutter him, fake himself out, and then blame his team. So anyway, I mean, it's t- I mean, it's tough. It's tough. He made some good saves in that game, uh, but it's tough when everything in front of him is just like it felt like they were passing circles around them, and especially in the first half, I was like, "How are we already down to nothing?" And yeah. then I knew that w- we already knew. And one thing we had talked about early on in the tournament, Max, was we didn't have a great offense to begin with, right? We don't have like 
studs playing uh you know in the wing or a striker we don't have like many goal scorers other than other than Pulisic really uh, that you can count on and so when you go down like that you're like I don't know if we have enough to come back we we have enough to keep a lead potentially right we we're normally good at de- uh, defending and we were we saw in against England the kind of grudge match that we played and it was it was more it was more of a defensive matchup we just can't when we're when we get down two goals it didn't seem like we have the firepower to get back into a game like that i totally agree that's exactly what it was like we you know ah uh, yeah tough tough loss yeah and uh we will be playing taps the entire usa team playing ride home but uh, i will say <laughs> it's it's a good i guess to make it into a, a semi high it is it is good uh, or a, uh, yeah it, it is good that um we got to this level because next year, next World Cup is in North America, right? And it's going to be featured in the U.S. So it's good that our team actually made the tournament this year. Better, actually, better than the Qatar team, yeah. Better than the Qatar team. <laughs> Just it's it's, it's uh, easy. It's it's easy to to look forward to something for the next one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, my personal low is that uh, I am simply just tired. Uh, I have not slept great over the past week, and I'm just dragging. I am dragging. Uh, part of it's my fault. Part of it's like I'll get off of work and then stay up too late. And that's it. It's just I just don't feel good. Uh, I'm just tired. I got a lot of stuff going on, but it's all good. So we'll figure it, is it out. That, is it that you can't sleep or you just <sighs> – when I haven't sleeping, I haven't been sleeping great. And then the other thing is I haven't been making enough time to sleep. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm just, your boy's a little tired. You know, boy's got to uh, take a step back, hydrate, and get some sleep. And I'll feel yeah, better. Yeah, like take that luggage off your eyes and then it'll be so <sighs> much brighter. I know. I'm feeling a little <laughs> grouchy too. So, all right, folks, we're going to dive right in and we're going to get started with America's team. So, grab your forks, grab your knives, and we're going to talk about the Cowboys. Now, my question for you is the Cowboys, are they for real? Are they for real, for real? Because they have had two, two weeks now of absolute domination. First week was 40 points scored against the Minnesota Vikings. And this week, the Indianapolis Colts didn't even stand a chance. They looked like at the second half game, it was like a high school football team. And Dallas ran the score up from being very, like, very close, you know, in the first quarter, uh, broke away a little bit in the second. And then second half, Shay, what was the final score? Was it was 40 something to like it was 54 13. to 19 last week? No, <laughs> that is absurd. So, Cowboys, are they legit? Remember when we were talking about Mike McCarthy getting fired? Something is yeah. going right. Yeah, is it well, their, I, mean, I mean, their defense is solid. Yeah. Dak is playing well. Zeke yeah, Dak actually is, had a good game. Dak is playing well. I mean, obvi- I think their offensive MVP is Tony Pollard. I, I just. Yes. I don't see I don't see them winning this much without that running game being as effective as it is. And the reason yep. that Zeke can be so effective is that Tony Pollard is really making these like big game plays like he had a massive touchdown in uh the game against indianapolis and he's just he's just averaging like i don't know what his average is right now but it has to be over five per rush and it's normally is for his career but mm-hmm. i mean Dak is and playing CD all right Lamb is I, also 
Well, well, he's playing. I play, wouldn't well, say listen, he's like he's, amazing, but he's been he's been all right. He's been he's enough no Cooper to win Rush. Games. Right. He's no he's Cooper, Cooper Rush. Rush. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, plays. who can be? He's who can making be? plays? Only Cooper Rush. Um, CD Lamb is playing good. I don't know, Shrey. I also think that their play calling, for what it's worth, is pretty solid. Like they're doing a good job of identifying teams and playing against their weaknesses. I mean, that's the thing is, I still am going to give the Vikings credit. But the Cowboys were able to absolutely dismantle them. You know, you yeah. see them play teams and you can see them really like take advantage of teams' weaknesses. Uh, and for that, I have to give them credit. And I got to give credit to the coaching and play calling staff. Because seriously, like I watch and I'll be like, wow, that was that was the right play. And I'm saying that a lot more watching these games. I mean, I, I think we always knew that Dallas is going to be a good regular season team. And it's happened every. It feels like every year it's like I'm ready to get hurt again. If you're a Dallas Cowboys fan, so <laughs> it's it's they're always a year a off of the Super Bowl. Don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's almost that mentality of you can't you can't really look at what they're doing right now, even if it's good, because at the end of the day, it's how they perform in the playoffs, and will they get a playoff win? Right. I feel like a successful Dallas season is if they get one playoff win. Because there are many seasons mm. where that there that never happens, right? And it feels like that's when you start getting into, you know, was this a lost season and stuff like that, right? Because they have a good team. They they have so much talent, Max. Defensively and offensively, they have so much talent that they will win games like this. And Indianapolis is not a good team. And in the next two games, they're playing the Texans and the Jaguars. So, again, they're not going to be, you know, very hard difficult matchups for them regardless of the they should win those games if they don't beat the texans then everything that we're saying now about how good they're playing is just oh, it's just lost right they'll beat the texans i well the game that know, i'm looking they? out for max the, the game eagles. that i'm looking out for yeah the eagles game max it's and that's we, in we saw them, weeks, yeah yeah so we saw them uh lose to the eagles lose to the eagles but that was a great game but and no, that was, was with back in October, yeah. Yep, and that was with was Cooper, Cooper Rush, Rush, right? Yeah. So yep. that was the game where he we that, was his, that was his first loss. That's where he had yep. he just got absolutely shredded. He had three turnovers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they still had a chance to win that game, uh, crazily enough, right? So we'll, well see. So straight right there. I mean, that's isn't that the point, right? So now they're playing yeah. like real comp, right? They played the you know the Rams the week before. That was another blowout. Commanders the week yeah. before. They finally get to play the Eagles. And they could have almost won the game. I remember watching that. That was a yeah. that was really really close. You know, yeah, they so did lose to the Packers. Uh, was that one of the London games? You know, I I remember that being a very close. Yeah, it was an OT game, right? So yeah, it's just one of the. I think it was the the. I think there was a. It was a, they won by a field goal, but yeah, this one's going to be interesting, Max, with Prescott being at the helm. How will they perform? Will they keep it competitive? Um, you know, it, transitive property should say if they almost won the game without Dak Prescott against the Eagles, and the Eagles haven't changed, then adding De Dak Prescott should, you know, put them closer to the top, if not a, a full victory. Mm. I'm not, I'm not ready to say that they'd win that game, but that's a game that you got to watch out for in terms of playoff implications. I'm not really looking at any of the other games. They could win all the other games, and I feel kind of Minnesota Vikings-y about them. You know what I mean? Where it's like, okay. where it's like, I okay. gotta see it in the playoffs. 
And that's what I think that's one thing that we got to look forward to, especially considering this like OBJ stuff, Max. Like, what's going on with that? Like, do they want him? Do they not want him? It feels like a well, he won't. Will they? Uh, he loves me. He loves me not. He'll join my <laughs> roster. He'll join my roster not. Well, so what I was looking at is the concern that the Cowboys have over OBJ's physical condition. So yeah. we know that last year in the Super Bowl, he had his little ACL mishap. Uh, and they're concerned that he's not going to be able to be up to full strength by January. And right. I think that that's pretty legitimate. I mean, people were wondering, like, why is an OBJ signed with a team? Well, they're not going to sign a, a you know former star player who's going to demand some sort of, you know, not a hefty contract at this point, but a little but bit of a bag. It's been conf- he, I think he's pretty much confirmed that he wants multiple years. He doesn't want a one-year deal or anything like that. Right, exactly. Right, so that's what I'm saying is, like, you have to kind of shell out a little bit. And so I think that's fair for the Cowboys to be concerned. My question is, though, do you really need him right now? CeeDee Lamb's a stud. Pollard's doing well, and and, and Zeke yeah. has actually, uh, you know, stepped up a little bit over the past three weeks. So do you th- I, if you're the Cowboys, Trey, are you, do you need OBJ? I mean, to and me- I think, well, that's the due diligence, right? It's like, if he's healthy, yeah, wouldn't hurt. I think, obviously, Jerry Jones has been willing to shell out money and pay, any, pay someone that he really wants, right? But when right. he's when he has a concern about a player, yeah, it, it, I think I think that's when you know, like, okay, maybe it's not going to happen because he normally will take the risks. He's a, he'll take the risk. He'll get the player. He'll let people go, and 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 not and not a uh, like bat an eye almost. <sighs> I don't think I don't I don't know if he'd help. I don't. I think OBJ at less than a hundred percent. I don't know how much attention he garners. Or I guess less than 50%. I don't know how much attention he garners. If he's like 75% healthy and above, I think maybe as like a wide receiver three. Yeah, I mean, someone's going to have to cover him, right? Just based on uh, what he did in the playoffs last year, the end of last season, and in the Super Bowl. I think that in of itself, people have to cover him. I don't know how much of an impact he'll make. And I don't know if it's worth that extra year or two. Well, well, that's where... yeah, that's where I'm at right now, too. It kind of feels like him going to the Cowboys is very akin to him joining the Rams last year. Just a sort yeah. of like random thing. It's like, oh, hey, here's a team that's doing really well. Uh, let me see if I can get on. You know, it'd be a different story if he went up to the commander's GM and was like, hey, can you give me a multi-year deal? It could be me <laughs> and Terry Terry McLaurin. We could be running this thing. Yeah. Uh, he's kind of hopping on. You know, I, I'm surprised he hasn't gone to like the Eagles or, you know, the Chiefs and been like, hey, let me uh, join your yeah. squad there, buddy. You know what yeah. I mean? So I, I don't think I, I agree with you. I don't think like you're going to you have questions about how much impact is he really going to make and what value are we really going to get out of a deal for signing this guy? That that's where I'm at. Yeah, I think the player yeah. I think the player is valuable when healthy. Yeah, and no, 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 no disrespect no, to OBJ. Yeah, yeah, but I know. So what I'm saying is like blanket statement. He's valuable when he's healthy. But if every team that's been looking at him, right, because when he first got on the market, or when they first said he they he he got cleared by the doctor that he's ready to play or whatnot, everyone was like, "Oh, OBJ sweepstakes, they're gonna start." Like everyone's gonna be after him, and it's been a couple weeks, and people. So that means they're real. Concerned. Hey guys, where are you at? I can play now. <laughs> My phone is still open. <laughs> so it's he's like, sliding into he's sliding into their DMs. He goes to like the Cowboys Instagram. He's like, "Hey, y'all need a player." <laughs> 
and he was at the uh what was he at he was at a basketball game right with dallas cowboys players with like micah parsons and and someone like so he's been making hints and dropping hints but no action has come out of them he's like hey i kind of i i think he himself is like yeah i'll definitely play for you guys but jerry's kind of like he goes on his radio spots right and jerry's like well we still got some things to figure out like you know his like voice you know when someone's voice gets higher and stuff it's like that Hold on. Is Eric, can I join your roster? Ah, That's okay. Hang on. That's okay. I was told today uh, at my other job, I was told by somebody, I don't want to open that can of worms. Now, that's Jerry Jones right now. Mm. Can I join? Yeah. (laughs) All right. So, Shrey, I got a question. So, yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt this weekend. Bummer. Yeah. You're the 49ers. You're absolutely rolling. You're starting to like get into those serious power rankings, and people are talking about you maybe having a nice playoff run going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Jimmy G gets hurt. Now you have a Trey Lance is already hurt. Now you go to yeah. your backup option. You get, you're about to get somebody off the streets at this point. My question is, is for backup quarterbacks, right? You have, you know, Purdy in San Francisco, Mike White yeah. for the Jets. Uh, and then Tyler Huntley for Baltimore. Who do you think is going to be the most successful? Because we, we've asked this question about other teams, you know, similar situations, like who's going to have the most successful comeback? Yeah. Backup quarterbacks, who do you think is in the best hands? Okay. Yeah. So, and to specify, these are the, these are three teams that are currently playing their backup quarterbacks that are in playoff contention, right? So it's like, this is we're in the stretch run of the season and now the end of their season is at the hands of these backup quarterbacks, right? Lamar got hurt and he's week to week. He's unlikely to play at least in week 15 uh, or, you know, the next week. Mike White is obviously in. Zach Wilson hasn't been playing well and Mike White's been playing well, so he's going to continue to play. And then obviously you just talked about uh, uh, Purdy in, in San Francisco. I think that in terms of the quarterback that I feel the most comfortable with, I would say Mike White in in New York. I think just based on his level of play and his ability to throw the football, I think he's, of the three, he's the best passer. And I think we've seen that uh, over the past couple of games. Obviously, he, over, he he has the ability to overthrow like a couple of people. But yeah. more, more than likely, he's getting it to the, the right guy. He's letting them play in space. And the Jets are doing a good job kind of playing around him. But in terms of who has who's put in the best position, I would say Purdy. If he can elevate himself with the the team he has, he has the best team around him. Yeah. And so I think it would be one of those two. I think Huntley is going to have a tough time considering the Ravens passing offense is already very stagnant with Lamar in there. Um, it's going to be up to him and his legs really to to make a difference. And I don't know if that's enough as we get closer to the playoffs if Lamar was to stay out for some time Mm -hmm. well I mean Purdy had a pretty good game versus the Dolphins but like you said I also I mean I remember Mike White back in uh when was it no well he he played yeah last year we saw some success in his past two games you know I know last one against uh, the Vikings was you know not very good guy still threw over 350 yards so yeah you can say so he's, he's a there, good passer. That's tough. It's a good passer. It's just it's, it's about, just the the decision making a little bit. Which, exactly, development yeah. and decision making. But 
I agree with you. I think Purdy's probably got because dude, he's got a stacked team, stacked yeah. team. Literally, and like he he's really, got like you don't even. He really just has to game manage. Like if he can limit the turnovers, the team are, and no. and kind of use the skill players as maybe a little bit less than what Jimmy Garoppolo would. They have a shot of winning every week. Still, like even good teams, like he just they just got to get. He just got to throw the ball quickly. Let Debo or Christian McCaffrey or Ayuk or like you know what I mean like I'm just rattling off players because of how many how much talent they have on the team, and their defense is spectacular. We know that, so they're gonna keep them in games. I think yeah. the most success will come from San Francisco if Brock Purdy were to do well, but I think the safest quarterback of the three will be Mike White over the rest of the season. Okay. Okay. All right. I like that. That's a uh, that's a good take. It's not very amateurish yeah. of you, Trey. Um, oh, I, I, I'm. Yeah, I don't brand. know. A brand. It's growth. Growth and development. I don't know. <laughs> growth moment. All right, Trey. <laughs> it's time. Give me your fantasy picks for this week. I want to know who to put my money on if I were a betting man. It's a good oh, thing boy. I I rarely because <laughs> oh god, I swear my my basketball picks from last week terrible. They nobody panned out. Well, that, anyway. that was kind of, that was like my football pick uh, from last week, and I will say I had uh, Josh Jacobs last week. That was a massive hit, and I mean he's going to be a hit at this point. So I guess it wasn't that big of a revelation. But my sleeper busted like no other. I picked George Pickens against Atlanta, and I think he had one catch for three yards. So oh uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. So cue the sound bite of that. Um, so this week, I'm going to hope I get a better result. I'm going to start with T. Higgins against the Cleveland defense. Um, I think Cleveland is definitely uh, got the, the Houston boost because of uh, how bad Houston's offense was. And so that's how they scored. I think they scored three touchdowns on defense and special teams, which is insane. But I think when a good team like uh, Cincinnati comes in, T. Higgins is going to and 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 he and he doesn't get the number one corner. Uh, T Higgins is gonna to really ball out. I feel like, and even so, Houston was awful. But Nico Collins, who's the Houston wide receiver too, did end up with the touchdown in that game. Wait, wait, is so, that your pick? No, no, I'm saying last week against Cleveland, Nico Collins. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. ended up with a touchdown, knowing that Houston is a complete garbage team right now. So mm-hmm. if he could score. Uh, in that offense against, and he's a good player. If he can score, the T Higgins fly him to the moon, right? So um, my sleeper this week, I'm going to go with Michael Gallup. He's playing Miami. Uh, He had two touchdowns last week, uh, and he's, as he gets healthier into the season, I think Dak's been looking for him uh, just when CD is covered. And Miami uh, has a good corner in Xavier Howard. If Gallup uh, can get open, I think he can he can get a touchdown maybe potentially, but he's not really been a yardage guy. You kind of have to trust him in the red zone, but I think that's what Dak is. He's going to trust him in the red zone, so uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he got a touchdown as well. Nice. Nice. What about you, Max? All right, so my, uh, my guaranteed pick uh, with the injury-riddled Los Angeles Rams, uh, my pick is going to be my guarantee – it's going to be Cam Akers. Uh, Baker Mayfield. Had a... No, not, not Baker Mayfield. 
Oh boy. <laughs> Baker Mayfield, just so everybody knows, was released from his miserable tenure on and the Carolina up by the Panthers. Rams. And picked up by the Rams. So, so he's gonna be oh he's boy, gonna potentially be starting. What a well, yeah, what a what a team for Tam, Cam Akers to start with. <laughs> uh, either way, I think Cam Akers is gonna do just fine. Um okay. I think he'll be okay. And my other, my, um, my, my backup here, my, my sleeper pick is going to be uh, James Cook on the Buffalo Bills. Oh, that's a good uh, one. He, yeah. So he, he, split, uh, he split touches with uh, Devin Singletary. So, you know, both those guys get pretty good. I think he's going to get you a solid like 10 or so fantasy points in a PPR, which for a sleeper, like if you need a flex position to get 10 points, that can win you a game. That's where I'm at. He, so we're he, was, go- he was in the doghouse uh, to start his NFL career to see where he is yeah. now and making really effective runs and taking care of the football. Uh, yeah, that's a that's a tough backfield if you're an opponent of Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, seriously. And we'll talk more about Buffalo in the coming weeks because they're you know kind of an interesting story with what's been going on with them. But yeah. before we do that, we got to talk about our basketball picks. Mine again last week were really not good, but that's okay. <laughs> Because I'm feeling better about this week. Shrey, who have you got? So Max, I'm going to start with uh, Malik Monk. He plays for ah. Sacramento, and he's uh, the shooting guard over there. He's rostered in 17.8% of ESPN leagues, uh, but 54 in Yahoo. So a lot of people have figured out that Malik Monk is getting a big role, and he's probably going to stay there as long as Sacramento continues to win. And he's been scoring a lot and even passing, too. Like It's been kind of crazy, his assist numbers. I'm going to then go to, we talked about him at the at the top of the podcast, Max. Andrew Nemhard. He's only rostered in 9.2% of ESPN leagues, but 46 now in Yahoo. Oh. He's, as long as Halliburton is out or McConnell is out, I know McConnell has an illness, so he's probably not going to be out for too long. But as long as Halliburton is out, He's gonna have his. He's gonna have massive numbers, massive usage, and even when Halliburton comes back, he state he's been in the starting lineup. I would continue to see him in the starting lineup and potentially get some, you know, low level assists and 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 kind of go from there. He's he's, he's gonna be a good guard for your lineup. Lastly, mm-hmm. Jalen Noel. Uh, he's only rostered in four point seven percent of ESPN leagues and thirty one percent in Yahoo. He plays for Minnesota. He's really benefited from uh, the Towns injury, which has increased the amount of minutes that the bench plays, especially him being uh, kind of that first, second, first or second off the bench. When Kyle Anderson shifts in, he's kind of that first guy off the bench, and he's been scoring really well three straight 20-point games. So I think if he's a guy that's out there, you you pick him up and kind of see where that goes for the next six or seven weeks. Mm, okay. How about you, Max? Okay, I like that. Uh, so my picks, uh, I'm going to go with uh, – okay, I had one. I'm going to scrap it. So I originally had Herb Jones, but I realized that he's been out for the past two games, and they're yeah. really not sure if he's going to come back. He's looking like he may miss a third. Uh, this is kind of a future recommendation. If Herb Jones is still uh, available when he comes back, I would pick him up. That's not my official pick. My official pick is teammate Jose Grand Theft Alvarado. Oh, he, uh, what a game he had. We, we talked about Nemhar, but we could have talked about him the same way. I mean, this guy, this guy gets to steal a game. He, he gets he gets over a steal of games. I mean, he is he had thirty eight points this last game. But either way, <laughs> I'm looking at him. I'm looking at him overall. 
He's going to get yeah. you, you know, pretty consistent. He's going to score every game. He's going to get a couple assists and he's going to get steals. And yeah. for that value alone, that's a great waiver wire pickup. My second pick, and I've had this guy before and I'm going to have him again, is Mr. Lonnie Walker, the th- the the fourth. Sorry, not the, the fourth third. one. The fourth. <laughs> Please, that's my uh, father. <laughs> <laughs> he has been uh, incredibly average. But again, a good waiver wire pickup. He's consistent. And my God, if you see some of his dunks, those things are nasty. Guy can yeah. still jump out the gym. And again, it's a Lakers team that feels like is kind of starting to hit their stride with AD actually starting to take the wheel. Um, he's been MVP. Oh, he's been here. It's insane. Revolutionary. And we'll have to talk about that soon. Yeah. But it seems like they're getting Russell Westbrook's hitting his stride. You can kind of see him starting to really work off AD. I don't know. I don't know. There's some things going on in the Lakers right now. And part of that is bench scoring. That's Lonnie Walker. Uh, My last one, as much as I don't like this guy, if you need a consistent 10 points a night and five rebounds, you're going to go with Grayson Allen. Yay. (laughs) (sighs) I really don't like him, but I think he's a good pickup this week. He's he's gonna give get me calls. Too. He's one of the best free throw shooters. He's really, yeah, he's super. As long efficient. as he stays yeah, in the he, game for his behavior. Oh God, he just starts <laughs> punching people. Yeah, he single handedly ruined the Bulls' season last year. Anyway, that that's beside sad. the point. And those are my picks. All right, right. Well, <laughs> otherwise known as the Cincinnati Bungles or Bengals, we've got the Cincinnati Bengals who in a monstrous performance, well, I guess monstrous is the wrong word, but because the excitement was there, it wasn't like a blowout, but they beat rival Kansas City. Yeah. And boy, oh boy, did I not expect that. And everybody who put money on Kansas City is rolling over right now because nobody talked, nobody thought about the Bengals. What a win. Yeah, man, what a great game, first of all. It felt like it was back and forth all the way. Back and forth, um, good action, good defense, good offense, yeah. But, Max, when you need it, who do you call? You call Joe Burrow. You call Joe Shiesty. <laughs> <laughs> he just, he man, he was he was on it in that, uh, in that fourth quarter. <laughs> and it just uh... outscored him 10-0, like did what he had to do, like, it's not always pretty, Dude. but man, that last pass to seal the deal to T. Higgins was one of oh, the yeah. one of the most pristine passes. And it wasn't even like like there was like some you know theatrics behind it. He just rifled it in there. T. Higgins had the sticky gloves on. <laughs> a, little, a little bit of spider tack. A little, a little, yeah, a little a little spider tack, <laughs> a little flypaper, and just and just sucked it in, and then and then and did not let go. And yeah. that sealed the deal. And and they have the talent, Max. And now having Jamar Chase back into the fold, healthy, and Joe and, and Joe Shiesty playing this way. Joe Shiesty. So I, I want to talk I about that. Him off as a Super Bowl candidate. I don't know. Yeah, man. I know you did. <laughs> this is exactly, and that's exactly my point. Is everybody did the exact same thing last year? Because remember, they weren't like unbelievable, but they got their got they hit their stride at the end of the year. And boom, what do you know? This is literally what they're doing. Because I remember watching the sports channels at the beginning of the year after the Bengals really just not good start. And they're like, Joe Burrow's lost his mojo. Uh, Bengals in disarray. No, no more, you know, repeat. No more contention. 
Oh, they may not even make the playoffs. And now look where they are. It beat Kansas City for crying out loud. And this is the exact same position they were. So they continue to play like they did. That was a really, really fun game to watch. So Yeah, really fun. Props to the Bengals, and I think they can uh, they can do okay. I think people are still sleeping. Yeah, they can make some noise for sure. But I mean, the offense when healthy is phenomenal. I think what it comes down to is will that defense hold up, and will the offensive line hold up um, throughout the rest of the season and to the playoffs when it gets to get more chippy. You know who is bad though. <laughs> oh, it pains God. me to say it. Please and don't. they're the games. These games are just like they're not fun to even watch. It's don't not even it. fun to watch. <sighs> it's New England. It's the uh, New England Patriots. They stink, hot doo doo garbage. Oh, they're brother, terrible. This team stinks. They stink. You can say that again for the people in the back. The New England <laughs> Patriots have literally no bright spots. They don't have good offense and they don't have good defense. They got steamrolled, steamrolled this past week. It just felt like there's, I don't know, Shrey. There's In a the game play that I feel bad. like Buffalo did not want to win. <laughs> it, it, the way they were playing. They made they so like, many mistakes. Oh, they my were God. Like, <laughs> Buffalo was like, oh, we're winning? Ooh, ooh, we suck too. <laughs> Man, this team sucks. <laughs> They're even worse than us. Like, like that's how Literally. That's how bad. Yep. Yeah, that's how bad the Patriots it, it, are. They, right Buffalo didn't win because they were good. They won because yeah. we were so bad. Yeah, we were terrible. Terrible. I mean, when I'm talking about, like, please just get a third down conversion. Oh, my God. You, we couldn't do it. What is that, Max? Do you, I'm not sure if I know what I, that I, means. I don't know her. I don't know her. Who? <laughs> who, who? What does that mean? Who? <laughs> For the Patriots right now. And so this is this this really brings to mind the discussions that Shrey and I have had on this podcast with you guys. Uh, about the Patriots, and they're just kind of the the this nether realm that they're in, and they've been in. They have no real goal. They have no real direction. And this weird pseudo-hybrid of not getting an official offensive nor defense defensive coordinator and yeah. not buying and not selling, this is the ultimate result. And it stinks. Yeah. And I think you, you've seen, especially the last couple of weeks, a mixture of is – Mac doing enough to make the plays that are needed to win games. And that's been no and B. And I feel like this is a bigger element is the play calling is just week to week. It's just, you never know what you're going to get. And that's a fact of what we talked about and that Bill Belichick has not provided his team, his players, the, the correct coaching, the, the experience coaching needed at each position that will allow them to try uh, to thrive. Right. And, and how much they miss a person like Josh McDaniels who. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a calming presence who understands offensive football. It's just, it, you never see a guy like Matt Patricia come over and get basically, basically get uh, trashed on the side of the curb for Detroit. And then come over and come over to another team, and then be like, "Oh no, you can just call plays for us. You can, you can do, you could, you could have access to the whole offense with me. I'm Bill, and I will do whatever I want. And like, and and look where no. it's getting them. You never know I, yeah. what you're gonna get from this team. It's just ridiculous. And I think I don't know the national media knows it too, and the NFL knows it too that this team is not what it once was. 
If there was any some, if there was any inkling of that before, they know it now. Yeah, and Bill Belichick without Tom Brady is, I think now after this loss, he's one game below five hundred. Uh, I think it's, I think it's fourteen and fifteen. He was fourteen and fourteen heading into the competition. Um, so that's not great. Mm-mm. It's a little sad, uh, and you talk about Bill Belichick, but I do want to share a quick story. Uh, this was uh, somebody had come in to my work the other day and he was a former NFL player and I was trying to recognize him, but I couldn't put my uh, finger on it and I couldn't get his name before he left. But before he did leave, uh, he had found out somehow that we were talking and I'm a Patriots fan. And he said to me, he said, Bill Belichick is the best coach that I've ever played for. And I said, what? He's like, yeah, I used to play for him when he was back in Baltimore, back before he went to the Patriots. And he told me two stories and he told me one story uh, where this wide receiver, uh, he got called out by Bill. So they're in a team meeting and it's in front of literally everybody. And he looks at him and he says, when are you going to start sacrificing for the team? And the wide receiver looks at Bill and he's like, what, what the hell are you talking about? Like, I am literally in the gym every single day, twice a day. Like I put in so much work and Bill looks at him. He's like, yeah, so does everybody else here. He points to one of his teammates and he goes, what is his wife's name? And the wide receiver looks back at him and he's like, I, I don't know. He points to another guy and he's like, how many kids does he have? And the wide receiver looks back. He's like, oh, shoot. Like, I don't know. And Bill Belichick said a message to the whole team. He's like, you need to start spending time with guys who you'll never see. How can you expect to win a single game going to war out there with these guys if you don't even know who you're playing with? So that kind of mentality and that thing, I think, is it's huge. It's huge. So, you know, I don't know. know I mean, he he definitely does not give that persona of being like, Asking for yeah. per- personable, like, like you know, that personable nature from people. It feels like he doesn't, he doesn't, well, uh, like, look to that right. from the media standpoint. Exactly. And then I asked a follow question. I was like, is he really like that? And he's like, all right, I'm going to tell you one more story. He said, before the season started, Bill was spending time with every single group. So he spent time with, you know, the quarterback and the backup quarterbacks, spent time with offensive line. And it got down, he went through everybody, and he finally got to the wide receivers. And he goes to them. And he's like, all right, before the season, I'm going to spend some time with you guys. He's like, what are you guys doing tonight? And they look at him and they're like, well, we're going out. And he's like, all right, I'm going out with you. Oh, and no so Bill way. Belichick, Bill Belichick, apparently, and this is, this is a story from a guy who used to play with him. Bill Belichick yeah. went to a club with these guys and literally started just hanging out with them, chopping it up. They said he was, you know, a little like quieter at the club, but he started going shot for shot with these guys and spending time with them and doing whatever they wanted to. Like they, Max, I think, I, I, think, I know. It, yeah, that's insane. I think that's a, I think that story shows me how much Bill has changed from those times where it felt like right. he was so much more in tune with his players and, kind of and and he wanted like he i guess like his success their success was his success right right but i think currently from at least from the from the outside looking in it looks like he only cares right now about his success and getting that record of um most wins as a as an nfl head coach and i don't think and 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 that's crazy because i did not know that uh there were stories of Bill Belichick being that personable with his team. I know, but I think just like the dichotomy of how he pro- how he was at that time as a young head coach, uh, that was you know that wanted to make a name for himself and was more of a, a player's coach, to now being you know a disgrunt like almost like this disgruntled grandpa that like 
won't let you like you know sit on the chair without covers and like you know what I mean like <laughs> plastic wraps everything yeah get, get off my lawn like uh and I'm watching you know Jeopardy I mean? at seven o'clock and you can't yeah, do anything about it hugs the TV with his his friends like you know what I mean like he just wants his people around and 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 does it just feels like there's a disconnect right you see how many New England Patriots players are coming out and saying you know we wish the we had a better scheme and we like could you imagine Belichick of old times with Brady or even before that coming out and saying oh yeah no uh, Bill's scheme sucks like our offense like the play calling stinks like he wouldn't <laughs> allow that because he had a rapport with yeah. players and and they understood that whatever his the Patriot way was was meant winning so they didn't right. need to to confront him or or, or kind of make comments to the media about that but now it's now like it he is. just does not have control of the players anymore. And I don't think the players care if they say things like that to the media, because like, what is he going to do? He's already been losing without them and without Tom. So it's like, he's not on like some high ground to stand on with his decision-making. He has, to, he, he basically does not have the trust that he once had based on the stories that you're telling. Yeah, I know. Isn't it crazy to hear stories like that? And that's, it's insane. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And I was going to ask him if he wanted to come on the podcast, but then he left before I could get his oh, contact no. info. He was well, on a hot hopefully date. Comes so just, hopefully yeah, he comes exactly. back. But cool. Yeah, I know. It was super interesting to see that. And and I agree with what you said. It's just it's weird to see because I don't think he does that anymore. I don't think you're going to find Mr. Bill Belichick in a club nowadays. Hell the, no. The, the <laughs> Hurricane Betty's down in Worcester. They're going to drive out. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, what a reference. Oh, baby. Uh, Massachusetts people. All right. All right, Shay. Well, that about does it for me. Does it do it for you? Are you smiling and satisfied? Yeah, I, I think it I think it does it. Let me see. Did I did it? It's done. Yeah. Okay. Oh, oh God. All right. Clean up. <laughs> All right. And folks, this has been another episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with Shreyas. And we will see you next time. Peace. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.